throws it deep downfield. Tyree who makes the catch at the 25 yard line. What a play by Manning! And what a catch by Tyree! Manning airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Tyree just goes up for it like a basketball player. Harrison trying to knock it down, pressing it against his helmet as he goes to the ground and not dropping it. Welcome to Catch the Moment. I'm your host, David Tyree. We are absolutely keeping it locked. Listen, you see the background. I'm still here in Vegas. No reason why not. Why? Because I'm with a true boss. And I'm going to explain that on a lot of different levels because I'm here with my guy, Mocha Blast. Ladies loves Mocha. Talk to me, my boy. What's good? You know, I'm chilling, family. How's everything, Brody? Listen, man, you laid it out for me, man. I'm right here in FGC Studios. And um, listen, there's so much to get into, so I'm just actually going to calm down and take my time, man. <laughs> I'm going to take my time. So I'm going I'm to lay the groundwork because, you know, this we, we're in this, we're in this crazy digital age, social media. I'm, I'm this dude with my moment. We're going to get in. You got, you got a lot of moments, family. You got a lot of moments that we're going to celebrate. But, you know, bro, so the, the thing that pops out to me immediately is love, man. So I, I'm barely on Instagram you throw you, you give me the you give me this shout always. I, you know you know, you know how it is. You, everybody be honest. You get that shout from some random dude who you know got a hundred thousand followers. You start looking at their page, what's going on, and I'm like, woke a blast. And so um so because I see you know, I get love, but the love felt a little different, man. So tell me, man, like that that was that spoke to me in a, in a real simple way. But I only listen to a lot of rap. You know, I'm, I'm over here, y'all. You know the life I live, man. I'm, I'm righteous. I'm holy, but I'm real. All right. And so. I'm like, all right, man, dude is real. Dude is real, man. He showed me love out of nowhere. So that's the first thing I get from you, man, is just the love. But you're forward thinking. You got, you're an artist. You're an entrepreneur. So tell me, man, where does your mindset come from? And, and, and tell me just your, your thoughts and how you operate and laying the foundation for where you're going. Uh, that's a beautiful way to, to start it off. Um, I got a, a lot of drive from watching my mother Mm. We grew up really poor. I was born in Trinidad, and my father's Venezuelan. So Man. when you have that type of upbringing, Hispanic and West Indian, you know, and being born in a third world nation at the time in Trinidad, like, we didn't have running water. I didn't know what a toilet was. I didn't know what a shower was up until the age of six. So yeah. I will watch my mother literally go hunt to try to get yeah, food, food to feed my black ass. Mm. So I looked at her and always said, wow, what a strong role model I have, you know? So growing up to me, like when I hear people, like I moved here when I was 11, I moved to Brooklyn and then I moved to Queens. So when I hear people make excuses, I always go back to my mom saying, son, it's raining, go take a shower. I was like, okay, mm. he makes that excuse. I don't even know what a shower was. I know what I'm going to do. Keep making that excuse. Keep making that. And any type of reason somebody makes up for not being able to do something, mm -hmm. I say yes, because I get to surpass them real quick. You know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Ooh, this mentality is real. So by the time we moved to Brooklyn, I moved to Brooklyn. I remember it like it was yesterday, July 9th, 1991. And, um, what was really sad, the next month there was something called the Crown Heights Riot. Mm. And what I noticed, it was like a bunch of African-Americans beefing with some Jews because 
uh, a Jewish guy had hit a, a young black man and the ambulance came and just picked up the Jewish guy and left the, the young kid to die. Oh. So when I, I saw the riots through my eyes okay. and I was just watching a lot of violence and I was like, well, I left a violent country in Trinidad and Tobago to move to Brooklyn to see more violence. I don't want to be a part of this, mm. you know? So when I moved out to Queens, I had a barber. His name was Manacho. I was young. I was like 12, going on 13. And he started like reprogramming me. Look, I'm going to do this, but I want you to be better than me. Mm. I have two felonies. So I want you to go to college. Mm. So by the time I was of age, he sent me off to college because it was a lot. In Southside Jamaica, Queens, Yeah. And at 16, I was in prison, bro. Not jail, prison. This is what I'm telling you. <laughs> this is what I'm telling you. I've been to jail. I ain't been to prison. Prison, you know, and by, you know, I always say all glory to my goddess. I got off on a technicality because I got hit with a felony. And mm. instead of getting 365 in a day, they got me off in like two weeks. So I was like, I had to count my blessings right there. Absolutely. And even though I stumbled along the way, Manacho was always there to catch me. Yeah, And he Beautiful. would just be like, look, bro, all I want you to do is pay it forward. I, and I asked him, I said, why do you give me clothes? Why do you put money in my pockets? Mm. Why do you put, you know, a roof over my head? He said, because nobody did it for me. And mm. I was like, so what do you want me to do? He said, do it for everybody else. Mm. Bro, this is crazy. So I'm, I'm one of these people where I understand, right? We, we hear a lot of cliche terms, get, get it from the mud, self-made. And, you know, what I find is that self-made, is, 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 it's like a, an idea. Not, it's really not true because there's always somebody signing the check. Always. There's always somebody opening the door. There's always somebody that has to actually believe whatever mm -hmm. product. Now, I understand the mentality is that you didn't have a silver spoon. Right? I didn't have this crazy silver spoon either, but... Self-made, probably not, right? Right. So, you know, your story is actually like just showcasing that reality of, you know, in the midst of adversity, you know, there was still somebody there who was actually paving the way. And man, this is this is crazy. So that's that's what begins to create the the mentality. So, like I said, um, we have you know we have some offline conversations, and like I said, I see somebody. He's an artist. Next time, I, you know, I, I randomly check in on the gram. I see you do. I can't even pronounce like Muay Thai. That's it. You said it, it right. Oh, bars. There we go. We here. So, but you know, so I'm like, okay, my homie. And I was like, you was hitting that bag. I'm like, bro, what, yeah. What, what do you got going on? Like, you know, I don't see too many. That's a that's a weird combo. <laughs> and, and then you know, I, I when I called when I finally called you, I see you close on the real estate bill. Yeah, you already told me you had the barbershops yeah. going. So I'm like, okay. You know, I hit his page. He got the Vivo, his whole YouTube situation crazy. He's got a successful artist. And that's actually what intrigued me is that you were well-rounded, right? So talk, talk to me about, like, what your thought process is. And, and I'm, going, I'm going to rewind it a little bit, but, like, you're, you're not just an artist, right? Like, nah, not at all. Yeah, so talk to me. See, growing up in Queens, and I always got to go back to Go that, back. Right? We're going we to we take it back. We're going to be spinning all over right. the place. Let's get it. So we used to just hustle. We used to move whatever. Whatever, <laughs> yeah, wh whatever you want, <laughs> we're, we're, we're giving it to you. And like I said, I grew up in the crack era, so that was moving. Mm. So we used to like be hustling at 2, 3 in the morning, and 
they would be like, yo, Moke, spit some bars. I'm only 15, I'm 16, and I don't know how to rap. As a matter of fact, I was trash. <laughs> you know what Tell I'm saying? Tell the truth. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was so booty my yeah, first yeah. couple years in football. I was trash, bro. <laughs> I, I, I even thought about quitting, and they was like, nah, just keep keep at it. You got something. So the, the whole thought process is I started in a group called The District, and they always, like, bypass me. They was like, yeah, Moke is whack. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we'll, we'll keep him if we need to hype up the crowd. And that that they made tried to yeah, bro. Oh. So that made me feel a kind of way, Hungry, right? So I always said to myself, I said, "All right, that's how they feel. Time to change the rhetoric." Okay. And then that's how I started. Like I started listening to the Jada Kisses, the, uh-huh. the Fabs, you know, the LL Cool J, and that's henceforth the name. Ladies love Cool J. Ladies love Mocha. Uh, it's respect. an old yeah. That's that's like my idol. I look up to LL. Ever respect. since I was in Trinidad, I used to have his cassettes, him and Slick Rick, and just play back and forth over and over. So when it came to the music, the music was just like a means to the an end. It, was, it wasn't it was any way, like, I didn't think I was going to get out the hood from being a big-time rapper because you'll hear, like, um, what's his name, Lil X, no, Lil X, I forgot his name, the direct hype, Williams. Oh, really? Yeah, will make, like, he's charging, like, two. 250000 to shoot a music video. And I'm like, nah, I, I can't afford 250 to shoot a music <laughs> video. You know, and I was like, those budgets are ridiculous. So I'll just stay in the streets. So the music was something like, now I'm in prison. Now I get out, I'm in a halfway house. Well, you can't leave. You can't go out. So started writing again. Mm. I ended up going to six different high schools because the first five, I had so many fights that <laughs> I started off in Queens, I ended up graduating in Lehman High School in the Bronx. And my last year, they told me they didn't even want me to come into the school. They said, look, bro, you want to take something called concession classes? Give me all your, your work. Yeah. And they gave me my diploma in the mail. So I was I was not permitted <laughs> on school grounds, bro. I was a menace, bro. Listen, New York City schools, people don't even know. You know, listen, It's a war zone, it's bro. It's a war zone. Every, Public school. Metal detectors. It's different. And this I'm talking this is the nineties. Yeah, oh, 90, absolutely. Ninety four, ninety five, going we, into high school. Bro, this is this is the era. This is when everything was coming was like, you know, coming out the crack era, right. hip hop era at its peak and prime through yes. the nineties. And yeah, New York City was just coming out the shadows <laughs> of of uh, old Grandmaster Flash. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like it was just coming out of them shadows. So this this is this is like a whole this is obviously a whole vibe. So we talk about obviously the streets, like this. This is reality, and and I've I've t- I've shared my story, and far from I was never like a gangster, right? Like that was never my thing. My thing was I'm just about that action. Like whatever you want to do, we could do. I don't really want no smoke, right. and so I could always identify with certain elements of just being amongst our community, and but also recognize an opportunity. So you know when I when I when I hear certain ele- elements of your story, obviously you know. The, the hardship, the, the, the immigrant, the immigrant uh, uh, roots. And I tell people all the time, America is an immigrant nation. It is. Meaning if you don't have the mentality that to make it by any means, the moment, just like you said, you think that somebody owe you something, <laughs> that's the door for the immigrant right there. Cause right they there. never had nothing like this, right? They haven't had the luxuries they, they they're all, all around them is opportunity. Like you see, we out here in Vegas it's it's still it's still spots open, right? So so talk to me about like just that 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 part of it is you know your 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 background really shaping a lot of vision. So you get into the music, you know, obviously you're working your way through the streets. Mm-hmm. What was the what was the what was the shifting point where it started? Things really started to click 
and you know you start to catch momentum. Um, great, that's beautiful. When I found out that um my ex wife was having our first kid, something like, and I wanted a daughter. I was praying that I had a little. You wanted girl. a girl. Yeah, I wanted a girl. So yeah, you wanted a rare dude. You know, like most of us, we want our man first. Nah, I want my, <laughs> I wanted my girl, and when um I saw her come out. And I held her. I said, yeah, I got to get out the streets, bro. Like, So real. It, it, it changed me. And don't get it twisted. I still messed up along the way. Oh, but I kept- We can have a full-blown confessional. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm with you, bro. Go yeah. I got arrested two more times. But again, for some, by the good grace of God or mm-hmm. glory to my goddess, the judge will be like, let's, let's, let's get him out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we, we could do something with him. So, so you you had you 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 were slicker than a whale in the ocean, huh? So you, <laughs> bro, two more times it was like, hey, just slap on the wrist. Wow. And, and the last time, like you know, I, I looked at my daughter, and I used to work like three jobs, so the mother wouldn't have to. Mm. I purposely worked. What three were you jobs. doing? What were your three jobs? I was working as a um, a computer tech for um, Palm Beach County. Mm-hmm. I was working uh, a moving job, mm-hmm. and then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I'll be a bouncer. And down West Palm Beach, and bro, yeah, cause you ain't listening. This is Mocha Blaster artist, but he ain't no little dude. He he's six one two thirty. Don't come run up on the homie, you know. Nah, I'm I'm with all the smoke. Listen, forest so- fire, fall on blaze, <laughs> all the smoke. I don't care how big you are. Yeah, I'm knocking you out. Listen, yeah. I, I wanted to highlight, you know, like you know, so I'm big on principle. Like, man, you have to do what you have to do so mm-hmm. you can do what you want to do. Right, so you know we're in an age where everything is possible. You know, you got online e-commerce, you got every Easy. social media outlet to create opportunities these days. But you know, even right now, we're, you're, you're building something, but you still have principle. You Always. did what you had to do to lay a foundation for the things and people that you care about. So that's 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 like that's the respect process. Like you were building something right there to lay the foundation. So the whole, the whole time, I call myself when I talk to my my. Um, my coworkers and everything, I call myself the sacrifice because they didn't have to go through what I went through, mm-hmm. laying up in hospital beds, having holes in your body, knowing what it's like to have, like, be, <laughs> being late. When I say laid up, bro, I can't walk for two months laid up, that type of stuff, because streets are unforgiving, bro. Give, give me give me one scenario. So obviously you've been through a lot about like you know like to me this is where we talk about this this whole thing is about man you've arrived in some some great measures of success but nothing's without a cost right, right. and we're talking about poor decisions we're mm. talking about this is just who I was at the time right and by, by God's grace I'm you know me I'm over here in, in Jesus land by God's grace you you endured this but what was the what what was one of those scenarios where you know give me give me the play I'm all about. Now I got you. Guns, you know, now guns. I got you. Holes, knives, where we at? So I'm chilling with my boy in Brooklyn. His name is Asia Bar. And me and him was in, in prison together. We yep. come out, we chilling. And, you know, two young dudes from the city, we having fun. We running around making money. So he started questioning me. He was like, yo, bro, how is it that you make more money than me? And I'm like six years older than you. I said, bro, the ladies love me, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I could sell, I could sell snow to to polar bear, you know, so <laughs> he started like hating on me on the low. So one day, you know, we out in Red Hook, Brooklyn, and he was like, "Yo, I have the shorty, and she really likes you, and she wants to meet you." And I was like, "Bro, I, I already know. I already I already tapped that ass, you know." <laughs> so that shit set him off. 
later on that night, he was like, well, let's go meet her anyway. I was like, all right, cool. He was like, yeah, wear your jewelry, wear your Vanson. We end up going into Red Hook, and anybody in Brooklyn would tell you. that's. I mean, we were like two blocks from Red Hook. So I go into the projects. Mm -hmm. I'm waiting in the lobby for her. And like 20 dudes with ski masks and all types of scars around their head with sure. machetes, butcher knives, guns, ice picks, run downstairs, and it's me and him. Man. Come to find out he set me up, okay? So Man. I'm 22 at the time, and I got on at least like $20,000 worth of jewelry. Sure. So 22 years old with a nice chain, a nice watch, nice ring, and I'm like, all right, what do I do? So I'm scanning everybody mm -hmm. and I'm watching I was like that dude in the back I'm watching the guy with the machete he wants to chop the shit out of me mm -hmm. and the other dudes is walking I was like yeah we got him so I was like alright cool time to fight take my Vanson threw it at them first dude that ran at me so we we, we rumbling we rumbling come to find out my boy Asia Ball who set me up yeah. they beating the brakes out of him saying Got him. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm laughing now. <laughs> no, no loyalty out no, here. Right. So he sets me up. Yep. The shorty who I already was dealing with, bad little red bone pretty, she's <laughs> on the staircase watching all this happening. So I'm now I'm mad. Now I'm like, okay, these two set me up. All these Brooklyn motherfuckers set this Queens nigga up. Mm -hmm. So I said, all right, I got to survive this. So one dude put the gun to my head and pulled the trigger and the bullet jammed it bro when i turned and i held the gun the bullet was like right out the gun and i was like he's like shit it jammed i was like so they really came to catch a homie well i said okay i gotta fight now because before i was taking it for granted this older woman in her late 70s walks up to the door yeah because we right in the lobby yeah and everybody starts running upstairs I'm like bro that's your grandmother blah, blah. so people started mm -hmm. running up my boy fudge um, Asia boy, he runs out and leaves me in there. And the old lady was like, young man, you know you're not supposed to be here. And even Asia boy would say, I told her, thank you. You just saved my life. Sheesh. And I just kept the walk. I walked out with a smile on my face because you don't get a second chance from that. Mm. And the, the guy who I was terrified of was the one with the machete. Mm. The guy with the gun, his shit jammed. Yeah. So that made me start looking at life a little different. Don't yeah. don't don't be focused. Don't have that tunnel vision when they say have that tunnel vision. Yep. Because the guy to my side, he just walked up on me. He could have he could have pushed my wig all the way in. Mm. So I'm 22. This old lady just happens to walk in walk at that through. time, saves my life because I could only take probably another 10 seconds of, of these boys jumping me. It's 20. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just me. It's I'm 175 pounds. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. At the time, six feet. 175, barely surviving. Yeah. I walk out, I tell her thanks, and I, I, I'm smiling. I'm watching my boy Asia Bar run because they beat him up, they mm -hmm. robbed him. So got I, him. I finally walked up to him and I laughed. I said, I said, good try, brother. I said, next time, make sure the gun don't jam, right? Mm. What I did, I graduated college, junior college at um, Genesee Community, and I invited him. I invited him up to college. Poured him hot coals on his head. Just so he could see what he would have taken away. Mm. And I'm the first person in my clique. Because in Queens, we don't really say we have gangs. We got cliques. Yeah. And I represent the 007 La Familia. And mm. I was the first one in the team to get a college degree. 
So it was big for us. Huge. I, I was celebrated in my team like, yo, Mocha really did it. And Congrats. I graduated on the, on the dean's list, even though I had some president list um, semesters. And I told him, I said, yo, if you would have never showed me that people who I've bent over backwards for were willing to still set me up and kill me, I wouldn't take school seriously. Mm. I left I left that project that night in Brooklyn, a changed man. And I, 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 I stopped letting everything like bother me. Shit used to bother me. Yeah. I just shrugged it off because I always said, okay, I just hit the reset button. I'm okay. supposed to be dead at 22. Yeah. I didn't make the front page or the back page of the New York Post or the Daily News. So it's time for me to to live life, mm-hmm. you know, to be legendary. Man. That's when I started it. Man. Everything changed right after there. Man, listen, when you, you're talking about life getting real, right? Life getting real. So obviously between that experience and I'm sure there was others, but your daughter yeah. really, you know, giving giving your life a whole lot of me. And that was the big shift for me. Like, you know, I went, you know, I'm obviously an athlete and, uh, you know, but as far as just being a selfish young dude, right, you know, this disrespected my girlfriend at the time. And, you know, but when she told me she was pregnant, that was a, that was a whole different experience. And mm-hmm. the, the moment my son gets here, I'm like, man, how am I going to, you know, create something better for him? It's amazing how, like, that real experience is what begins, you know, like the real experience of not just providing for, but laying up and providing a, a, a healthier experience for, for your child. Just change the trajectory, right? Everything. That's that's the first time I started really thinking about the NFL. So we definitely share some similitudes. So at what point, like, what was your game plan, right, as far as, like, you know, obviously, the, you know, things have changed in relation to what music looks like. I don't know the, 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 do, the like, the real details, but, like, how was your game plan and, and when did things really begin to catch momentum? What was the first thing that really began to catch that, that you know, allowed you to kind of, this is this is working for me? Um, I started looking overseas. Again, being in Southside Jamaica, Ooh. Queens, a lot of my contemporaries were getting killed. Maserati Fox, Stack Bundles in 2015. Mm-hmm. They took Chinks drugs. So the whole time I'm coming up in the music industry, it's always Queens rapper, Far Rockaway rapper, Southside rap, everything in Queens. And, and it's like, it's a commonality. It's just like, wow, he was right there and they killed him. And got popped off. Why? You know, so mm-hmm. you got to ask yourself. And then I go back to thinking what Asia Ball did to me because I made more money than him and I was younger. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to change their circumstances. And in, in the city, and I think this is everywhere, but definitely in Queens, New York, when you come from struggle, and then you make it. Mm-hmm. The people who are still struggling want you to come back and help them. There you go. I can't do that. Again, I'm the sacrifice. I'm the one who did everything. So my people, the, the people in my inner circle that actually give me semi-loyalty. Yeah, yeah. I don't want 100% loyalty. Give me 25%. <laughs> you can't get 100% anymore unless you're from that era. I got two people, my boy Manacho, my boy Dennis, and then my older and younger brother, they give me one hundred percent. Excellent. With them, so, so you I'm got good. real. Yeah, that's that's all you need. Four. You gotta ha- you gotta have somebody that's that's really for you on every every. And I'm a loyal dog, so I'm with you on that. But yeah. you know, I, I totally get it. And you don't you don't you don't need it from the rest. No, you just need you to have the respect. That's right? it. And the I honor. And I and I get the respect because I give everybody a chance. I I take money out. Sometimes I take loans out. 
to mm. help other folks just for them to shit on me in, in, in the back end. Mm. And I, it happens a lot, but it took up until my dad passed this year. Once my dad died, he passed January 10th. Everything was business. After that day, everything became personal. There it is. That's 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 another that's another pulse for me because, you know, that's a that's a common theme, right? Is 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 business never personal, and and I think that there's there's always an undertone, always. like you know, there's an undertone because when you're talking about livelihood, everything becomes personal, and that's mm-hmm. what business in many instances is connected to, right? Always. And I tell people, I said, business is my saying is business is always personal, but it's not always emotional. That's it, right, right? there. Like you know, like hey, it's not like I can't, you know, I can't be emotional. And, and moved by my emotions to the point where, you know, something gets volatile because something in business, but right. it's always personal. This is, you know, you're talking about legacy, dreams, you're laying up for your daughter, yeah. family, you're laying up for other people, establishing. Now, that's that's personal. Very. <laughs> that's personal. So, so boom, you, you have vision beyond New York. And obviously yeah. you're talking about, you know, from, you know, our era, 90s, early yeah. 2000, and even though everybody knows, at least in America, ATL grabbed the, you know, they grabbed the whole the whole rap wave, and that's still a conversation in that world. But our era, that's where it was at. And you got vision for overseas? Yeah, bro. Like, I practically got my temporary um, citizenship for Turkey. <laughs> this, is, this is bananas. Yeah, because you see a lot of people, they really don't understand what you're supposed to be doing. So... Nobody teaches you in school that one U.S. is worth 17 Turkish lira and that Turkey is the fourth richest nation in the world. The clothes on our back, the textile industry, is huge in Turkey. Turkish tea is so much. You know, Mm. if you do hookah, let's say, and I used to go to Jersey with my boys a lot Mm because of the hookah lounges, right? You could go and export from Turkey all the stuff that the clubs need for pennies on the dollar. You know, it's so much that Turkey is also in Europe and Asia. So you could, mm. oh, yeah, it's, that's why it's called Eurasia. It's the only country in the world that's in both. Y'all, I hope you're catching this. Well, I hope I hope everybody's ears is open. You know, so when I went to Turkey for the first time like nine years ago, I literally said, wow. Then there were the mosque, you know, Christianity, mm-hmm. Islam. Absolutely. They don't, even, they don't care about your color of their skin. Mm-hmm. The cops talk to me like a human being. They laugh at me. The elders, you know, the religious leaders, they literally sit me down, will sit on park benches, and they will talk to me mm-hmm. and say, hey, the black man is only a minority in America. You all are a majority in the rest of the world. They tell they tell me personally, for yeah. the wars that were fought, if Africa wasn't involved, they wouldn't be here today. And this is me taking in information saying, so when I hear the word minority in America, that's a lie. Mm -hmm. So one thing you have to do in life is learn, unlearn, and then relearn. And -hmm. people are so stuck in their ways, they never want to relearn. Man, this is good stuff. So this is how you begin to grow. You create expanded perspective, right? Like. And that's 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 really what we see, you know, that crab mentality, even like you said, from not just from a, you know, getting money perspective, it's a crab mentality as far as how how we excuse ourselves mm-hmm. and how we pull it, you know, because we're dealing with American paradigms, not world real life paradigms that you, you gain that perspective. So you, you obviously, like I said, you're in Turkey, you're gaining, you know, wisdom, experience, 
Um, I'm sure, like I said, this is affecting your, your business perspective. And Everything. You're e-commerce. Because you look at America, and again, this is the elders in Turkey talking to me. They yeah. say America is only less than 500 years old. Turkey been around Facts. for six to 7,000 years. This is real. So who am I going to listen to? <laughs> the country who built themselves off slave labor and don't even acknowledge every other ethnicity have got reparations mm. except for African-Americans, That's fact. which makes absolutely no sense to me. So me being an immigrant, I look at African-American males and say, okay, your boys live in this place called sunny California, 75 degrees year round in San Diego, but yet y'all will put flags on and kill each other over a flag or a block. And I'm here in Trinidad where my mom was so poor, she used to have to hunt for food, but she made it a way for me to come up here and now I own a building. Mm. It Something is not adding up. What's wrong with African-American males that they rather bang for something that they will never own when they built a country that's mm. supposed to be theirs? This is, this, is, this, is some good, this is some good thought. This is some deep thought. Uh, you're talking about everything that's going on in Turkey. Yeah. Um, and you said that this is where success perspective really began to happen. So in light of that, what was what was the first thing that actually really bubbled and began to pop and the momentum started, you know, moving forward for Mocha Blast? Well, it's all about branding yourself. So mm-hmm. The Mocha Blast brand was always there, but what the hell is a Mocha Blast? <laughs> that was my first thought when I saw you on the gram. <laughs> what the hell is a Mocha Blast? So I got the name. I was working at a restaurant in Manhattan Mall, mm-hmm. and I used to, like, I got addicted to the drink, and my and my, and my boss caught me one day, and she was like, I'm going to fire you. And I was like, look, I'm in a halfway house. I need the job. I'm 17 years, and I'm begging her, like, please don't fire me. She was like, well, I'm just call you my little mocha blast. I was like, please don't call me that name. I said, whatever you do. <laughs> please. don't." Call. I said, mocha? I said, that's as feminine name <laughs> as there is. And she was like, it's either that or you could you could walk. And she was a, her name was Darlene, older white woman. Yeah. And she was strict. And I was like, all right, mo- I'm your mocha blast. I'm your mocha right. blast. I'm yours. You're right, so... <laughs> People would be like, hey, mocha. And I'd be like, no, "No, we need a a mocha. And I was like, oh, okay. So this is kind of confusing. So I I went, I got mocha tatted on me, you know, M-O-K-A. I I changed the spelling. So here I am now in Turkey, and I always sit back and I say, listen to the name, Mocha Blast. I kind of equate it to like Jada Kiss. For the first time I ever heard Jada Kiss, and I was like, is this a female? (laughs) That's that's real. That's real. It's the name. Jada Kiss. So... When I started the the rap career, I actually started working with D-Block. So Jada, Styles, mm. Poobs, and um, Sheik, they brought me in because I left South Jamaica, Queens. And in 2008, I moved up to Yonkers. Okay. So they took me under the wing, and Jada started dropping gems, gems. Poobs oh, was just dropping gems on me. And they said, hey, if you want to be successful and you want longevity, you got to solidify your brand. So Jada had dropped So Raspy around the time because of his voice, and I watched how Jada developed his brand. So now I'm in Turkey in like 2014, 2015, and I'm like, how do I get the the Mocha Blast brand a little better? And it's always been Ladies Love Mocha, Mm -hmm. but I never like took it and said, all right, let me jump out the window. And I said, you know what? Screw that. 
I'm going to make T-shirts, hoodies, hats, and just say ladies love mocha. But the heart is broken because I got out of a, a relationship that shorty lied to me. Mm. Yeah, it was like a three-year relationship. Trust and me, most, most, most dudes out here in these streets got one of them. Yeah, so, so <laughs> she, she broke my heart. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to put the little heartbreak emoji. And yeah. say, ladies love mocha, but the heart is broken. So I got the, the clothes. I met the guy who owned the textile factory nice. in Turkey. And I was like, yo, how much for like 100 tees? He was like, 100? I'll give you 1,000. I said, well, how much? He said, for you? I'll do it for 250. I said, U.S.? He said, yeah. I said, okay, hold on. Let me check my bank account. I said, I, I have $1,000. Could I get like 4,000 tees and would you ship it? He said, sure. And that was it. So now I got tours coming up. Other people are trying to sell merchandise to the fans. Yeah. I'm throwing tees. I'm throwing hats. I'm throwing sneakers, jackets, everything. Mm. I get endorsed by a headphone company called Phone Audio out in England. Yeah. While on tour with the biggest female rapper, Lady Leisha, out in England, I'm tossing everything in the crowd. So now fans are coming up to the show because they know when they see Ladies Love Mocha and around that time, FGC meant fly guy, fly girl committee. Mm. I even changed what FGC meant, like how um, Old Navy does it with Gap and then Gap with Banana Republic. So it went from fly guy, fly girl committee okay. to forever getting cash. And Ladies Love Mocha goes to the forever getting cash general. It's an ode to Jada because he's a D-block general. So I started putting stuff together and I noticed when you have that forever getting cash, meaning you could be working a nine to five, you're still forever Having getting cash. cash. You could be hustling in the streets. You could be doing anything, even a Ponzi scheme. You're forever getting <laughs> cash. The, the forever. Please don't do the Ponzi scheme. No, People no. not be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the forever is so powerful yeah. that after shows, fans would tell me, we love the forever getting cash line. Then, mind you, I'm overseas mm. and all this is coming to me. And then I was like, okay, I need a logo. And I've always been intrigued with the African wild dogs because they have the highest kill percentage out of any carnivore and in, in the open plains. I love this dude. So, <laughs> it's fantastic. So I started saying, okay, let me get some African wild dogs together, some logos, and that's how it started. Boom. It's a running wild dog, and it's, it's perpetuating the word forever. Forever. So once I started going on, and now I'm, like, making so much money off my merchandise that I'm taking the same money, getting singles, and throwing $100 at a time into the crowd. Oh, you so, so at my shows, I'm throwing between 1000 to 5000 just throwing it out. I'm throwing three, four pairs of sneakers, brand-new Jordans, Air Max, LeBrons. One, <laughs> take one sneaker off, toss it to the left, another one, toss it to— So now the fans are literally going crazy. So it's just me and the headliner and people saying, well, I came to see the headliner. But I'm loving Mocha, the forever getting cash general. So oh, the, the branding became so powerful that a lot of promoters was trying to pay me and saying, look, we could get you the sponsorship. And I was like, ah, I'm good. Mm -hmm. When I had nothing, none of you all helped me. But you have to invest in yourself. As well, an artist, if you don't invest in yourself, a, a bar. nobody's going to believe you. There now, when I, when I step on stage, like literally for 10 minutes, the fans go crazy because if you pay 20 pounds to come see me perform mm -hmm. and you get a pair of Jordans or you get a jacket, and my jackets are very expensive. Yeah. Or I, I toss you a tee and a hat or I give you a $300 pair of headphones, you're leaving 
a true winner. No doubt. So all my shows started, you know, selling out. Like we even went to Brazil in front of 30,000. Last year I performed in front of 100,000 in Brazil. You know, soccer stadiums. Aye. Just like, and you get on stage and it feels so surreal because you're saying, my mom used to hunt for food. Mm. Here I am now standing in front of everybody and I could set an example. So you, you look at where you start and where you're going to finish. And I said, you know what? I'm not even done. It's time for me to get the next generation on these stages so I could take them out of the streets. Bro, this and, is what I love about you. Yo. So, so this is what I love about you. So you even talking about, and we hear this, it's not that we've never heard it, but I don't think people really understand what the investment can look like. Everything that I've experienced in my short time of just getting to know you and vibe, which is about, it's been about giving. Always. Right? So I tell people you never lose when you give. Never. Right? So, you know, and when you're doing with the right motives, you always understand that there's going to be a return. But just like you said, that giving was the investment, right, into your brand. Mm -hmm. That giving. So whether it was the sneakers, whether it was the T-shirts, right, and you had to have faith in yourself, where you were going, your skill set, um, you know, obviously the Mocha Blast brand, the FGC brand, you know, I'm I'm over here forever forever getting cash. I told listen, man, I'm I'm down with FC FC FGC forever getting Christ and the cash will come. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, but I, but I love it. This right, you know, like you, this is a tutorial in so many different ways. But what I love about it is you maintain who you are, and when you're talking about this is not a common like you know I, I've been across some in different industries. Leaders don't 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 do this. They don't do it enough. It's mostly it's mostly taken. It's mostly self preservation. So like, was there ever is this just something natural to you that or you know was there ever a shift in thinking that you really realized that you know what I'm gonna gain more by being that sacrifice? Like what how how does that because that's high that's high level leadership at the end of the day. So like how how did that really develop? And as your brand began to expand. You know, what was the point where you're like, I'm solid. You know, I found a good amount of success. Let me build something here for these for these young men. Great question. It goes back to my mother. My, mm. da my dad was, you know, uh, mentally unstable my whole life. So he was never really there to drop the, the knowledge or yeah. the gems. But when he was, which was far and few between, he would always tell me, never... Um, have is no friends in business mm -hmm. and don't have respect for money. And a mm -hmm. lot of people put so much power and glorification on the money because money makes a, a, a great master, but a lousy slave. It is. And people will talk about, well, this costs this much and this costs that much. And I got to get this, but it costs this much. They're giving power to money. Money is just a paper with a white man's face on it. Mm -hmm. I don't see any money in this country with a black man's face on it. Mm -hmm. So I go back to thinking, what are my African-American brothers doing? Mm -hmm. Why don't we have Barack Obama face on a $50 bill and get rid of Ulysses S. Grant and put, a, you know what I'm saying, Obama there? And to me, if, if it takes me spending a, a paper denomination with a white man face to feel like I'm really something, but I'm black— I equate it to our religious beliefs, and I'll say, as black folks, we're the only race that don't have a deity that's our skin color. Asia, the Chinese got Buddha, 
Mm-hmm. India got Mother Lachmi. Um, the Islamic got Muhammad. The Jews got Jesus. As an African, what do we have? Do we look at Jesus as being a black man? Because it says in the Bible, 66 mm-hmm. books, you know, 39 in the old, 27 in the new, it talks about that as well. And I'm saying to myself, like, the minute I lost respect for the dollar bill, I noticed that my purpose in life wasn't to make money, but it was to give money or give people opportunity because you measure a man by him doing something for somebody who can't do anything back for him. Okay. I'm not one of those people no. who go and have my camera while I'm taking care of anybody who's less fortunate. I would never mm-hmm. say homeless, always less fortunate because fortune could always change. Absolutely. You know, a lot of people will, I've seen it, people like in New York City shooting and killing homeless people. Mm-hmm. That that to me terrifies me. We're broken. I mean, like you get into some core 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 issues, um, especially when you like I said we're talking about. You know, I think, you know, I'm a, I'm a double back. I think this this the whole conversation, and I think you I've never seen such amazing motives because you said money makes a a horrible master. I think that's I'm pretty sure what you said, but a better slave, meaning like when you're able to have the authority over money, then you're empowered. Or was I wrong on that? Money makes a lousy master, but a great slave. Okay. If Beautiful. money's your master, there we go. You got to work that nine to five. There you go. You can't take that day off. Excellent. And the people that I know who work nine to five, by March, all their sick days are gone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, and that's that's. But like I said, we we've all experienced that, right? Of course. And I think that's the beauty of my evolution, your evolution. Um, you know, we don't we don't know until we're empowered mm-hmm. with more information, more insight. Um, and whether that comes from your, our parents, like I said, you're going to be able to teach your your daughter. Mm-hmm. She she's going to choose. Right. Not just feel like she has to. Right? right. It's like even with college, you know, we're looking at a whole different world. It's a, it's about getting the skill set and allowing that skill set to produce. Right. That's what that's what it was for me as an athlete. That skill set created an opportunity for me to have this amazing, unique opportunity to play at the highest level. So college used to be, the, in our generation, that was the thing. It was like the only thing. Like if you don't go to college, it, it made it seem like you ain't have a shot. Right. That's no longer the case, right? Right. So, you know, this is absolutely dynamic. So you flip it, you know, um, your, your brands are well-established. You, you know, you're starting to get the perspective. What was the first move outside of, outside of artistry, outside of, you know, like in the marketplace, you know, because that's that's the intriguing place. Like as you develop, you like the dos equis of, of a black dude. Like yeah. what, is, what is Mocha doing? It's the, the, the most, most interesting man alive. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I tell Capo that all the time. I said, I, I need to be the most interesting black man alive. That's why I'm getting ready to go fight later this year. Big shouts to Uprising MMA and Hemis Gym. Talk about I, it, yeah. I, You know, in, in Holland. I'm going to go fight because, you know, that one-on-one combat with somebody the same height, same size as you, same strength, it's all about this. Yeah. And I want to test my mettle, you know, against another another gorilla in, in that square circle. I like that. I like that type of stuff, bro. Well, that's, that's my lane. I mean, like, I tell people all the time, whether it's combat sports mm-hmm. or especially football, it's, it's a few other sports, you know, maybe even rugby, I'll give them some credit. You just got to be built different. You got to be wired different mentally. I said, don't step in there if, if you faint on it. If, you know, I tell, you know, 
do do I believe you know do I do I support the 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 move of football? Yeah, absolutely do. I, I love the sport, but if you have any fear about don't. about just don't 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 even worry about it. <laughs> don't don't do it. <laughs> don't even worry about it. So 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 like I said, you know, I w- I want to get to to where you're at moving forward with the with the uh, MMA. Excuse me, not not the MMA. Um, is it is it kickboxing, Muay Thai? Muay Thai. Muay Thai. Yeah, it's called Thai well, boxing. There it is. So I want to get there. But what was the first marketplace move? As you got established, you're, you know, like you like, I did it. What was you know? Was it was it real estate? Was it the barbershop? You the know, studio. The, the studio. studio. So what happened was in um 2015, like um I'm set. I'm getting ready to go on tour. So I'm touring now. I'm touring all over the world. Mm. And. I'm going back to South Jamaica and people are like, yo, you made it. You a star. We always knew you was going to make it. Yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. You know, never there when you're struggling. Yeah. But everybody knows you when you, when you cross the of finish course, line. Of course. So my right hand at the time, his name is um, Mills. He says, Moke, uh, I got a big case against me. And I was like, all right, bro, this is what I need for you to do. He, mm-hmm. st- he still didn't listen to me per se. <laughs> Feds, yeah, the feds jammed them. So they tried to give him 38 years, king, mm. kingpin charges. And this is like my right hand. This is like I couldn't move without my boy Mills. And that, like, it upset it upset me so bad. Like, I started, like, saying to myself, maybe they're going to come after me. Like, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, real paranoid. Yeah, so Par- I started getting real paranoid. So I said, you know what, I got to leave New York, but I got to find a city that's similar to New York, that's going to give me better opportunities. So mm. I came out here, I went to San Diego, and I went to Phoenix. So it's a little triangle. Nice. And I went to Sedona to go pray to my goddess, and I told her... You who know, your goddess, man? Let, let, let me talk. Let me, let, me have, let, me have some, let me have some fun conversation here. Mother Lachmi, I followed the Hindu faith. Okay, yeah. right, cool, cool, cool. Growing up in Trinidad, again, yeah. you know, um, I was around a lot of um, Hindus, Muslims, Christians, yeah. but I followed the Hindu faith. You know, so right, cool. it's what I've always believed in, and she's a goddess of beauty and prosperity. So my acts of you know kindness is to me that's connected the, from that's the beauty. I when I, when I like right before I moved, I just sold my house. I gave away my entire wardrobe, all my clothes, mm-hmm. because I said to myself that when you give away your clothes, it lowers the crime rate. Okay, that's a bar right there. It lowers the crime rate. I'm gonna do some Google searching right there. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I, no, no. This is this is. I believe you. So, so we ain't even getting it. I love that. <laughs> this is what we're here for. So what ended up happening was I just said to myself, "It's time for me to jump." I went to Sedona out in Arizona, and when I got back in my car, it was like a commercial came on. It was talking yeah. about Vegas, you know, and I was like, "Okay, it's been picked. I'm gonna go to Vegas." And every time I go to Sedona, I will Facetime my mother. Mm-hmm. I have a secret spot. I go pray. Yeah. And I'll talk to her for like 10, 15 minutes, and then I'll just go pray. And then I'll leave. And I'll then call. i say, Mom, everything's good. And she'll be like, all right, son, go for it. You know, so Got you. My, I do everything. And people tell you, I do practically 99% of the stuff by myself. I mm. have to. I don't yeah. want anybody around me because at the end of the day, in the street culture, 99% of people will snitch on you. Mm. So if you do everything by yourself, you pray by yourself. You eat by yourself because I I see the the envious and the, the the jealous tendencies. If somebody sees me eating salmon and they eating ramen noodles, mm-hmm. 
Covetousness. It's there. Yeah. It's never it's never gonna change. But I'm the type of dude that I can eat my ramen noodles and be happy that you're eating salmon. Absolutely. You know, so once I came out to Vegas, as soon as I touched down in twenty seventeen, summer twenty I just started buying equipment for a studio. Again, I didn't know where the studio was gonna be. I didn't know <laughs> what what I was gonna do with the studio. Yeah. I bought equipment and I started buying. And I bought equipment from July till October. And then in November, I started looking for places. I did it bars. backwards. Bars and bars and bars. Listen, I, I love this, man. It's just, like I said, one step to the next. And obviously, you know, your innate belief in, your, in yourself and, and, and vision for where you're going is what's is paved so many opportunities. But ultimately, it's that willingness to give and lay, and lay a foundation for other people that you want to see, want to see do well, want to see shine. Listen, even including myself, this is this this is like I said, sitting here in this seat and having this conversation is evidence of of who you are, and that's that's actually what's what's the most valuable valuable takeaway. So you know, in light of you know what's next now. So I want to get to, you know, like now yeah. we kind of covered where you what you've done. Now you know what's the passion. Where do you see the end of it? Like when I mean like the the or even the most current goal, right? And what what's next for Mocha Blast? Well, the fact that I just purchased uh, a million dollar building in downtown. Congrats, Vegas. To me, it's still it's surreal because my dad and I was we talked about this a lot, and I, I would say to myself, now this is me being selfish. All he had to do was stay alive another four months, and he would have saw me past the finish line. Mm-hmm. But you know, he passed from cancer, so the suffering is done and over with, and it happened quick. Um, two and a half months after he was diagnosed, mm. you know, um, to me, it's now time to honor my father's legacy. Whether I have a nonprofit, it's called the Little Dipper Foundation, named after my daughter. That's mm-hmm. her, like, artist name. Mm-hmm. It's for me to go into the prison system and show the guys how to cut hair. Excellent. So the fe- anybody who has a felony with one to two years left, now they have something to look forward to. Instead of shanking each other or, mm-hmm. or doing crazy stuff in that type of environment, now they're like, well, bro, I'm not doing none of that. I want to go cut here. I need my hands. I'm not fighting you. That actually stops a lot of violence. Again, Absolutely. it lowers the crime rate, whether it's in prison or out of prison. It's purpose, man. It, to it, give somebody, you know, like, you know, and obviously the beautiful thing about even the barber's, uh, barber's chair today, you, you you can legitimately be a full blown entrepreneur in the barber in the barbers. Barbers are making mo- so much money. They have barber beautiful. awards. You know, a barber is really a therapist for black men. There you go. There you go. We all know. Like you know, I still go to my shop. Like you know, <laughs> I know everybody get all kind of customized experiences. It's something about me just hitting the shop, um, hanging out with my peoples back in, in Montclair, New Jersey, at three D mm-hmm. barber shop. So. That's that's definitely therapy. I still bring my boys along for for those traditional rides. So you got, you got the uh, the foundation. Mm-hmm. You know you got you know this this amazing million dollar property in 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 downtown Las Vegas, and and it's going to be huge. So talk about you know what what that could look like. In some you know some measure. I don't want I don't want you to you know lay out anything that you don't want to lay out. But give 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 us that. This is this is like you know we're talking about um, African American men. This is the goal, right? You know, you know, Ownership. You know, it's really crazy. A lot of folks of all ethnicities been calling me saying, you're the first African-American male that I know with a commercial property. Mm. And I have to say to myself, wow, 
So you know I'll go back to it, right? Yeah. My mom used to have to hunt for food. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so my mom just called me this morning because, you know, she left New York, so she had to go sell a house in South Jamaica, Queens, the house that we grew up in for the last 30, she's been there for like 32 years. So we we'll always go visit her. Mm-hmm. So when I when I look at the the finish line, well, you know what? I got one commercial property and mm-hmm. people are congratulating me. I'm not done. Hard. I need I need to change that 0.01% mm-hmm. of African American ownership to at least 10%. I have I have to again I'm the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It took me 15 months of hearing no to finally get that one yes. And my boy Bruce Woodson senior like he got a heart attack helping me. Yeah. You know, that's my OG. He's he's 52. Mm-hmm. He has large world capital and he was helping me and it was so many no's and so much bad news every time because mm. I'm an immigrant. Yep. I have a, a criminal past. Mm-hmm. My bachelor's degree means absolutely nothing, so it cancels out. I walk around, 61230, I look like a problem. Yep. I go into banks looking like this. They're like, keep that guy out there in the <laughs> lobby, please. Don't bring me in the cubicle. You this, know? Is, this is the real things that are still happening. You know, the, the cops pull me over. It's 15 of them. I used to drive an I-8, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Doors go up. I'm driving. Cops pull me over. They call in canine, state, marshals, county. And I'm like, okay, officer, I do have a concealed carry. We don't care. Pull me out of the car. And mm. I'm just sitting there just waiting. I don't say anything because yeah. I don't want to get killed. Be a man of peace. Right. So when I look at it, to now own a piece of Vegas, knowing that 11 years was spent in Trinidad and Tobago, that means everybody else here had an 11-year head start on me. Absolutely. And I came and I conquered. Mm-hmm. So with the building, I want to do like after-school tutorials. I want to start teaching economics again. Excellent. You know, I want to teach young black men how to cook, how to respect our women, because the black woman is the most disrespected woman on the face of this planet, and we have to change the narrative. Mm-hmm. I'm sick and tired of... A black man or anybody see a good-looking black woman say, oh, shorty, what's up? Oh, I'm good. I'm taking what well, F you then. You know, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And like I said, we, we have some real systemic issues. And this is, it is a passionate conversation of mine, and we ain't getting into the whole thing. And I think, you know, I tell people the African-American male in the, the, is the only community of people that has not been, that's, that's genuinely has not been healed. No. I mean, like so for the for the for the atrocity and the aggression, we're we're still experiencing the trauma mm-hmm. of that of that um you know of, I mean like I said from from genocide to every other atrocity. So of all and there's been many other people groups historically that have experienced similar similar atrocities, but we are the only people where the oppressor and the oppressed actually became neighbors. So this is actually a wow. weird social experiment. I mean, like. All the other oppressors, they actually went back to their other, <laughs> other to their to their to their countries. Whereas Africans actually stayed here, we settled and had to become neighbors to the very people who defiled us. So it's it's a, it's a lot of different layers to it. And um and like I said, I'm I'm passionate about it because, you know, obviously I'm I'm a, I'm a believer, and I know that God hasn't forsaken the African American man. Right. I know you know so Christianity gets even you know like I said you could look at research and all this stuff and the faith gets blamed because 
the oppressor manipulated the image, the voice, the word of God. And that's a part of the narrative. And I don't try to run away from that as a man of God. But, you know, like I said, I think what we're talking about here is taking progressive steps. Of course. To, to heal one another, to educate, to empower. Mm-hmm. And, man, you're a part of that solution, man. It's, it's super, super powerful, man. Um, so, boom, I want to I I let you finish that and bring some more clarity to, you know, how, how you're going to continue to expand um, your brand, your business, and how that's going to impact that generation. Yeah, I definitely want to go into the prison system. I, I, it's so much I want to change. Like when I was younger, I used to wear my pants off my, off my, my, my ass. And we know, we all, we all know where that right. came from. Right. <laughs> and my mom would be like, son, pull that up. You're out of jail. And I, <laughs> I, I was young. So I always wanted to be defiant. Cause I, you know what I'm saying? My, my mom, she wouldn't play that. You know what I'm saying? So I think if I go into the prison system and start, even if it's just one reform prisoner at a time. Yeah. If I could just change one, you know, it could be a ripple effect or a butterfly effect. And that's what it is. I want young men, young men to stop getting arrested under the age of 21 because they don't even know what it's like to travel the world. You know, they never been to Brazil. They never been to South Africa. They never been to Dubai, Turkey. I've been to practically almost all the countries in Europe. It's amazing, you know, bro. and I, I want, I want black men to see it. Like, I took Capo this year to Turkey and what was that? Your first time traveling to first time traveling out the country. Listen, bro, I got seven kids. They ain't going nowhere. You got to take me out to Turkey. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. People ask me, I said, you know, the only place I've ever been primarily outside of a trip to Aruba, my wife, we renewed our vows after five years of being married. When I got married, we was, we was broke. I said, my wife got me broke twice. That's how amazing this woman is. Wow. You know, in college, you know, she was she was she was just a standard. She was she had standards, and so that's we you know we were talking about when you find someone that's dynamic, they have standards. You mm-hmm. know, cut above the rest. And I broke then, and when she got me back in the league, I was broke again because I was <laughs> I was out I was a while and out of pocket. So man, you know your ambition, your drive, your vision is inspirational. And like I said, I'm 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 thrilled to know you, man. So I want to you know just thank you for for being a catch. All right, so Mocha Blast, yes sir. FGC, Ladies Love Mocha, um, studio, commercial real estate property. There's a lot of achievements, you know, at this young stage of your life. Muay Thai, mm-hmm. about to get in the ring. Yes, sir. So what would you say is is your crowning moment? Like, so this, you know, this is about the process, the journey. We've laid out so much of that. But what what did you say at this point in, in your career, um, in your, you know, in your growth, your, your journey as a, as a leader and entrepreneur, what is your moment? That's just, that's such a, a, a great question because I have like so many different things I want to say, but one that stands out to me the most, and I, I had to think about it. I'm going through like my whole backstory real quick. Mm-hmm. It will be graduating junior college and giving my father my degree because that's all he ever wanted. My dad never asked for a lot. He said, hey, when you get your first degree, could I could I get that? I, I would like to look at it every day and say my son made it out. And I said, absolutely. You know, so in the personal space, that's that's it right there. In the music space is when um, I was on tour with Lady Leisha, and it was just her and I. Every show was sold out. And when you have fans screaming your name after you get off a stage, and you say to yourself, oh, bro, I was trash. 
I was <laughs> I was a horrific artist started like I was with my first love when I was like 17 and we was living together in the Bronx, mind you. Mm-hmm. I was living on my own for a very long time. Big shout out to the Boogie Down. Yeah. So my first love, her name was Dana. I used to try to rap and she would cover her ears. Bro. <laughs> bro. And I'll be like, you, you're not going to listen to me? She was like, please. She said, you know what? I'm actually going to go to work just so I don't got to listen to this. And I'd Chill be like, out. Damn. You know, so being on stage and having people rehearse your bars, like, and I spit with a lot of punchlines. So watching the crowd sing my music, yeah. again, I always just say to myself, wow, you know what? These moments are very personal, so I keep it for myself. So I don't really, I don't like showing the world. Mm-hmm. I'm very selfish when it comes to my goals and celebrations. Well, I noticed that because on your Instagram page, I don't see no music. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, bro, you're an artist, but you ain't got no music on. I said, he's the only joker. He ain't got no link in the bio or nothing. <laughs> nah, yeah, I just, I just dropped a new video that I shot in Turkey called Richard and Richard and Rich, but. but. I did it for my best female friend who passed away from cancer in 2019. I I appreciate it, Patricia Lindley. And she told me, she said, you're going to be so much bigger than what you are. Just put you first. And that's something everybody always told me my whole life. Why don't you put yourself first? Mm -hmm. You're always trying to help everybody. And again, right after my pops passed, Mm -hmm. it, it wasn't business anymore. It was all personal. So I didn't have time to wait. So crowning moment. Performing, going on tour with Lady Leisha, Big Shouts to Artist Audition, mm-hmm. and DJ Unknown. You know, he always believed in me over the last 12 years, me being under his agency, because we were supposed to be in Japan next month. And I told him, well, because my artist, um, Lil Rari Skirt, can't make it because he got to go to his sister's graduation, mm-hmm. I actually turned it down. Okay. So I st- I'm still, I still have those principles because I want Rari to, to you know, tour the world. He always wants to go to Japan. That's a country he wants to put on his list. But I took him to Dubai with me. I took him to Turkey with me. We we go, you know, yeah. we, he's only 25, but he's traveling the world with me. So to me, that's like where I have all the fun taking all my young, my little homies all mm-hmm. over the world and seeing their face when we touch down in a different country in a different yeah, yeah. airport. So the the most defining moment right now is what's about to happen. Once I get the building, I'm practically unstoppable which means I'm going to be even harder to get a hold of because mm-hmm. I know what my purpose is now. My purpose is to create a legacy, to honor my father, honor my mother. And as a kid, you know, I was like, my, I always thought my mom was just always being tough on me. She was. Yeah. I didn't know that it was her way of showing that she cared. Absolutely. Like I tell people, don't tell me you love me. Just show me you care, mm-hmm. you know, and that's how I know that you really love me. Man, this 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 is rich right here, man. This is really rich. I, I, I appreciate that because there's that that personal moment and uh, especially when we talk about the the father and you know, we, we we got into some real gritty stuff in relation to, you know, um my, minority communities at at every level. But we we don't get into the affection of those relationships and what they really mean. And as you you know, we we mature men here, so but in still trying to accomplish things, laying up for for our generations, whether it's professionally or our own children. Right. Um, man, it's super dope. All right, so, you know, I got to get into this because, you know, met you on a pretense. We know you, you know, you got, you know, New York, New York roots, Giants fans. So yeah. when, when you saw the helmet catch, right, you know, so I ask everybody, you know, this question, you know, where were you and what was your response, reaction or any story 
when you you know when you saw that when you saw that moment? Well, I was in Atlanta at the time, you know, dealing with Capo and his shenanigans. Uh-huh. But um, I was in my apartment and I had called my brother and I was like, all I ever wanted was to see the Giants win a Super Bowl and a black president. And when we saw that catch, I think it was like two minutes, 14 seconds left on the clip. It was, it was, it was, it was like, like a minute. It was like a minute. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. like, it was so like, bro, I was shaking. I was pacing back and forth. My boys downstairs came to watch the game and I was like, ah, always Eli and his shit. <laughs> Eli cooking crazy. Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? And when he threw, threw the ball up, I, I looked, I seen it and I turned because I didn't think he was going to catch it. I didn't think so at all. And it was like, and he catches it. First down, Giants. I said, what? <laughs> I turned around. Bro, I started screaming like a maniac, bro. I love it. I was running through the apartment, opening the door, running down the step. Bro, my people was like, Mo, you're a madman. I was like, bro, no way he caught that. And I was looking to see if the ball touched the turf or whatever. And I was like, yo, he really caught this because I was one of the biggest Tyree fans and Plexico fans. I always loved Eli, but... With y'all two, you know, as wideouts and Plexico being a deep threat and you being more of a slant, you know what I'm saying? Listen, I was, <laughs> please put me in the game, coach. That was my role, please. <laughs> I couldn't believe, bro, up to this day, it still feels like it happened yesterday. I know, it's bugged out, bro. It's going to be 15 years in February. No way. 15 years. And guess where Guess where the Super Bowl's at? Don't tell me. Arizona. Wait. Right back where it happened. So y'all get ready, folks. Another another one, right? <laughs> get ready. It's going to be an epic 15-year celebration, man. But listen, man, I, I can't thank you enough for just continuing to be who you are. You know, you're forward thinking. Um, your impact has already been felt on so many different levels in so many people's lives. But I, I really wanted to highlight your, your story, your journey, um, because, like I said, when we talk about more than just the, more than just the catch, right. you know, catching the moment. That's your life, your life. Has, has been exceedingly, right, beyond what you would perceive an artist to be. So, man, I, I, I value, um, you know, what, you, what you've patterned your life off if it's going to continue to resonate, man. So thank you for being a guest today, Mocha Blast. It's an I'm honor. Look, I'm looking forward to more to come, my guy. So listen, here we are, folks. This guy right here, be on the lookout. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Hit me. Give, give me some more. Where can we find you? I need, I, <laughs> what should we expect? I know that I know the Instagram is light, but you know what? What should we expect? Clearly, moving forward, let me get oh, the, uh, let me make this exit proper. It's going to be a a lot of music videos this year. Okay, um, under the my Instagram is at Mocha Blast, but yep. the ladies love Mocha Brand is about to really take off. I'm just waiting to you know get my keys so yeah. I can go in and have my own merchandise section. You know, we might have to do <laughs> like a crossover. You know, catching the moment, ladies yeah. love Mocha. You know Bro. what I'm saying? Like I said, you know, you you we connected when we connected. It was because honor is very big to me. Uh-huh. You know, honor is very big to me. It's a principle that is not Amer- America is not a cult, doesn't have a culture of honor. You know, we have a we have a culture of pride and independence. So when you honor someone, you create access, and that was actually the way. And it's, it's it might be just normal for you, mm-hmm. but it's not normal in my in my experience. Okay, and that's what makes you dynamic. So I just I just want to salute you and and being that and being set apart in that way. So, man, the collaborations is going to be through the roof. I'm looking forward to seeing everything um, that's to come. 
with Mocha, with Mocha Blast and FGC, man. So the the, the property's gonna be crazy. Yeah, definitely. Merch, we're gonna get it all popping, man. Next, so the next time when you when you and the missus move out here, you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna have your own. Hey, y'all here? You, you see this man? I ain't trying to prophesy. I got a lot of people back in Jersey who don't like that right now. <laughs> You're gonna have your own everything. You know what I'm saying? Listen, man. The red carpet's been laid, and, and the love is here. So this is this is what Catch the Moment is all about: dynamic relationships, but even more dynamic people and their stories, right? Their pain, their progress, right? Their their perseverance, and ultimately, your providence, man. So. Everybody, I need y'all to stay tuned, stay locked in, subscribe, lay, you know, do it all. I, you know, like I'm not doing formalities here today. I'm keeping it 100. I need y'all to get the word out, push the push the stories out because this is about meaningful impact, meaningful impact and everybody realizing their own moment, whether it was yesterday or creating your next moment. So y'all stay locked right here with your boy, David Tyree. We'll catch the moment.